0: One of the hardest things I find I have to do each week is find the truth in much of our media. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. There was once a time in my life that I could put on the television set, put on one of the three or four TV channels I could get in some particular town, and put on the news, and and I could actually believe the news that I was reading. In other words, or seeing, or hearing, there was a time in my lifetime when accuracy in news was actually important. Today, not so much. Today, I'm learning as I read and and study, and I shared this on the program this week. By the way, this is also the weekend edition, so a number of you listening may not have heard what I've said earlier on the weekday program but I can remember when journalism was an actual art, was a real profession. Today, it's a disaster. Today, it's an embarrassment. Today, it is agenda-driven. Today, it is dishonest. That's I, it, no other way to put it. I can remember back in the 1970s, when I first started out, I, first, I remember in, taking a journalism class and we were given some facts and we had to do a little interview and then write a story. And the idea was to see if we could get factual information, be able to remember it, make the proper notes, and write an accurate story. It's not as easy sometimes as it sounds. Getting the facts, the who, what, where, and why, and when of a story You'd think on the surface it's easy, but it's not as easy as you may think, and and learning how to, to ask what we would call probing questions to get a little bit more depth takes time to learn. I can remember going to various functions and meetings and even court trials, and I go in there with my little reporter's notebook and listen to a trial for maybe three or four hours and then try to do an update story on what had happened for the radio station that I worked for in a big market. It takes time to learn that. Today, today, accuracy doesn't mean anything in, in, in journalism. They don't care. They are more... NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all of them, they're driven by only one thing, an agenda they believe they have the authority they believe they have the mandate to tell you what you're allowed to think and believe if somebody says there's voting fraud well they'll tell you that there's no evidence of voting fraud don't believe it Joe Biden is president He's the president elect get used to it and how fast after 20 years they forget 37 days of Al Gore's team in three counties in Florida fishing for votes not in the entire state but just in three counties for 37 days well, we're not even at 37 days yet let's see how it all plays out now I will tell you that I'm recording this program several days in advance because well my wife and I we have our daughter visiting us here in Georgia and I needed to get all these recordings done because it was going to be very difficult to do while she's here. And I wanted to have the time to be with family. Producing this show takes a tremendous amount of time each and every day. And trying to do twice the number of shows in one week to be prepared for the next week was not an easy task. It really has taken its toll and it took a lot of time. But I think. I mean, I could have given you some best of, but I wanted to give you some new stuff and things to think about. We'll be covering a few different topics on the program today, but I I can't help but just realize that our mainstream media, those that we depended upon for ages, can't be trusted. They are untrustworthy. They have lied to you, and they've lied to you, and they knew they were lying to you they feel like the Ministry of Truth from the novel 1984 they are the Pravda which means the word truth that you found in the Soviet Union or the you know people's worker daily out of China all the news that fits they print in other words it's agenda driven certain truths can never be discussed ever ever because if it goes against the state narrative They don't want you to know about it. And that's what we've come down to in the United States today. We have a media, most of which can no longer be trusted. People laugh. They take this condescending attitude. I remember somebody wrote something on Facebook when I mentioned that there could be voter fraud. He said, oh, no, there's no voter fraud. And will you accept? Will he leave the white? I mean, they go on and on and on. And you try to say, here's a couple of things to look at. Oh, no, 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 that can't be. It's impossible. Because CNN told me otherwise. If all you've ever watched for the last 20, 25 years is CNN or MSNBC, then you've been buying propaganda. You've been brainwashed. You can't think for yourself any longer. I think In my personal opinion, and I really believe this with all my heart, there was a time in the United States where truth and honesty was held in a high esteem, where right and wrong were taught to our children and were lived out by the vast majority of our population and people. Was everybody perfect and moral? No, but as a country we held to a higher standard. Somewhere in the 1990s, somewhere in the 1990s, that began to erode and change. And I can remember hearing people on radio warning what the future could bring with all these subtle changes that were occurring in the background. In the 1980s, late 70s, we used to laugh at the concept of political correctness. I mean, it it was so absurd. It was silly. I mean, how could anybody with a rational mind buy into this politically correct nonsense? Well, now you're forced to buy into this politically correct nonsense, or you become, well, canceled. You've heard that term, cancel culture. In other words, we have a new narrative, and if you don't agree with that narrative, we're going to cancel you. In other words, you have nothing to say. We need to make sure you can't get a job. We need to have you get out of our town. We need to have everybody shun you. Look at what some of these politicians, despicable, disgusting politicians are saying. Anybody that worked in the Trump White House needs to be blacklisted. This is worse than McCarthyism from the 50s. They want people literally to starve to death and lose their houses. This is the anger, the absolute anger that comes from the left. They are absolutely determined to change this world into this fantasy that they think they're going to get. You know, back in 1999, 2000, the people in Venezuela... Well, they voted in socialism at the time they were about the best economy in South America. They were one of the best economies in the world with one of the best standards of living. And now people are in food lines eating out of dumpsters and garbage cans. Is that the America you want? Because that's the America you're going to get. People don't understand there is a a force out there that wants to take the entire world and homogenize it in such a way that everything is under control it has been the goal of the globalist for as long as i can really remember because i was beginning to pay attention in the eighties people would talk about way back in the sixties and seventies you heard people talk about one world government one world this one world religion and you'd look at these people, and honestly, you'd think they were enough jobs for saying things like that. Now, today, I'm realizing, no, they were prophets of doom, and they were also quite accurate. We live in a time where deception is the norm. I remember reading 1984, and you, you think about, they, they, they decided to tear down all the monuments, change the name of the streets, everything. There is no past, there is no history, just an endless today as the party sees fit. What's been used against us? We've been divided by race, we're divided by class, we're divided by culture. And now people of faith are gradually being increasingly marginalized. I was looking at something somebody had posted regarding the Supreme Court's decision a little over a week ago that uh, was dismissed by the clown that runs the state of New York, little Andy Cuomo. Little Andy. He's a little man with a big head and a lot of empty space in that big head. He was dismissing what the... It's irrelevant. The Supreme Court is irrelevant in his mind. Eh, They didn't need to do that. He's just all political, you know. Well, what they were saying is you're right. At that moment in time, it could be technically irrelevant because you backed off in your own plans, but you're not going back to what you did. A lot of places around this world keep clamping down and talking about a whole 12 months with the lockdowns. Lockdowns do not stop the virus. Where did people come up with this idiotic, insane idea that locking everybody down and making us lose our income? I'll tell you what. You want to watch this? You want to watch the virus go away? Yeah. Tell Boris Johnson in England you're you're non-essential. You're getting no paycheck. You're not going to be able to stay at 10 Downing Street for very long because you're a non-essential worker. Tell the governor of Michigan or the governor of New Jersey or New York, no paycheck for you until this pandemic is over. It'll end real quick. People in government, I will tell you right now, and this really bothered me a little bit. Remember I came out of retirement earlier this year to work in emergency management. This is at the very beginning before we even had the terms locked down and all that. We were told we're going to have 3000 dead bodies stacked up by, you know, by the month of May. And I'm getting there in March, you know, end of February, early March, you know, in in two and a half months, man, we're going to have all these dead people. And our hospitals would be just overwhelmed. We're looking for for buildings We're looking for places to put people that are sick, to isolate people so we don't spread the virus. We worked hard. We spent a lot of money prepping for what we were told by the WHO, what we were told by the Imperial College, all the experts that have driven this this train down the track. Did everything we were told to do, did 3,000 people die? No. We claim 50 something. That's right, 50-something, not 3,000. And I can assure you that even among those 50 at the time that I left, there may be considered a few more by now. I'm sure. I hadn't looked lately. We were learning really quick. These really weren't, quote, COVID deaths. They really weren't. John Hopkins had a study that came out But it goes against the established narrative. You can't have this established narrative, you know, upset. You can't say anything. That goes against the narrative we have the virus we need to lock down we need a vaccine we need to track and trace where people go we can't let people have freedom any longer we have to lock them down we have to chip them we have to know what their health is to walk into a movie theater to to go to a concert to come to even a grocery store yeah that day is coming sooner than you think this new world order. We've been led to believe that all these people... You remember... I remember this scene. We were told, and I remember seeing this right before I agreed to come and do this work or back earlier in the year from China. They're showing people walking and, and collapsing and dying in the street. You remember that video? If you saw it? We had people in this country especially those that are maybe over 70, seeing that. And they're in panic mode. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Look at this. In China, they walk down the streets and they just collapse and fall over dead. Oh, the virus. It's going to kill us. The virus. The pandemic. And CBS showed some some video of a, like an emergency room area that has – an ICU unit real small one and everybody's running around like you know chickens with their heads cut off kind of scenario just in every direction they're overwhelmed they're just they don't know how to deal with this this virus is going to just destroy this hospital and everybody's going to die you remember that CBS put they put it on trying to imply that was happening in the United States turned out to be a little bit of video from a small hospital in a countryside area in Italy remember in a socialist type medicine country and for those that didn't hear it on an earlier program there was a story that came out of uh, out of Canada about this one hospital talking about well if we have any more corona patients come in we're going to have to shut down elective surgeries again and on the surface it sounds bad like man those hospitals are just getting crammed with hundreds or thousands of people And most people stop reading beyond the headline and and the opening line. And and your TV stations, that's all they ever give you. They rarely give you an in-depth story. It's just the tease line. As I learned in in my early days, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, bad news is what sells, unfortunately. So a little bit of investigating, a little, you know, read on, and, and then find out what the guy actually said. Do a little bit of research. Well... We're talking um, an area of Canada that has not that many hospital beds to begin with. As the guy said, every year during flu season, this happens. Because of our you know, national health care system, we have to ration our care. That's why people in Canada wait six months or a year or longer for elective surgery, because they don't have sufficient resources. And the slightest change in the flu season upsets that apple cart. And the guy came right out and blew the cover and said, yeah, this is like every flu season. Oh, wait a minute. And so, in this hospital that only had a limited number of beds, I think it was like about 80 or 85 beds, there were four people in there with COVID, and that's what's causing the crisis. And they're not on ventilators, by the way. So you hear these headlines, you hear these stories, and you can Pick and choose pieces and you can knit together a narrative that sounds really good but it's so untrue this is the problem with our news media today they are intellectually journalistically morally and spiritually bankrupt and they don't care they simply don't care they have a narrative When people get paid $2 million a month to have their face on my TV to tell me what to think, they believe they're among the elite. They believe they are among the special people, and you're just the little people. And they will tell you what to think because they have the narrative. Also notice these same journalists that get on the TV and say, you must wear your face mask. For a long time, it was like, your mask protects me and mine protects you. We were done given that guilt trip for ages. And then there's some study that came out that I can't find any factual evidence that's been double-blind tested. None of it. It's not there like it is for what we've known about face masks for, for decades, literally 30, 40 years, whether it's paper or cloth or otherwise. All that knowledge and studies, lots of money spent on those studies, just tossed out the window for political expediency. And they imply, ooh, guess what? That mask might even protect you now after all. Really? And where's the study? Well, we have studies. Well, where are they? Well, it's kind of, it, it, well it may protect you. See, they, they begin to use the weasel words. And they also understand something that I, I've learned. When it comes to using what I call weasel words, most people in the United States, sadly, most people in Canada, sadly, most people in the UK, Australia, Europe, sadly, really don't pay attention to the news. They're so busy in their day to day life and entertainment, they really don't pay attention to the, they know little bits and pieces, enough to be dangerous in a voting booth. They don't get it. They have those little bits and pieces of info. And see, they don't really pay attention. They don't listen critically. And so they hear a headline coming off the radio or, or some talking head that gets paid $2 million a month. The CDC says a mask may protect you from getting the coronavirus. Now, what is that person here? hey, honey, guess what? A mask protects us from the coronavirus. See the subtle difference? There's some evidence that a mask may protect you. Suddenly, may turns into will. And then everybody says, oh, a mask will protect me. See, nobody cared that they were not protecting somebody else. Maybe now they'll get more people to wear one because, oh, it protects me now. There are a lot of other facts and figures in all of this that simply do not make any sense. John Hopkins University put out a, a publication, a study that they worked on. They, they did a full study on COVID-19. And, and they, came, they came to a conclusion in this publication that COVID-19 has relatively no effect on the death numbers in the United States. Pause on that for just one second, okay? John Hopkins' study says that the COVID-19 that's out there has relatively, I'm using their words, I'm not trying to put new words in there, relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. Well, that went against the narrative, so guess what? You can't say that. You can't say that. We talk about two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty thousand people supposedly have died of this in the United States. And you know, when you look when you look starting in in February and ending, you know by October, And you look at the total death per age category up and down, when they occurred, the number of people that died, you know, in a typical week, you know, total deaths per week, okay? And then you can do it by category. And it shows, it shows everybody, you know, in their age brackets, whether you're 14 and under. 15 to 24, 25 to 34, 35 to 44, and so on and so on it goes. On average, in the United States, typical week, 62,374 people die in the United States. Hear what I just said? 62,374. 374 people die of something in the united states see conventional wisdom is that COVID has caused all these thousands of deaths and and a million point something heading toward two million and this perception has been directly challenged by this study that came out in november early you know right back in on the 22nd of november and it got published, and oh, man, you you can't, that's dangerous, you can't, Twitter would call that dangerous, oh, it's dangerous information, you can't know the truth, the truth is dangerous. Just like knowing about a lawsuit filed by Sidney Powell in the state of Georgia, Twitter shut that down as dangerous information, dangerous, this is what communists, this is what tyrants, this is what Pinhorned dictators do. They call truth dangerous. Dangerous. Twitter is an is an arm of a satanic cult, as far as I'm concerned, and their leader looks the guy that runs the place. I can't tell if he's a meth addict or on drugs. I've gotten where I don't even use Twitter anymore. It's just a waste of my time. Because they are. They're clamping down. You put anything of truth on there, it's dangerous. Truth is dangerous. That's what the Nazis said. Truth is dangerous. That's what the communist Chinese said. And how many millions died because they had to bury the truth? I'm telling you, I'm looking, I looked at that study. And I looked at the various times, looking over the weeks of up and down deaths and the age brackets and everything else, and and you look at prior years, and this this thing is just—it's amazing that the reason we have a higher number of reported COVID nineteen deaths, well simply because every day people in the United States die in a higher number than younger individuals. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in my 60s, and I'm realizing that there's a lot more of my life behind me than there is ahead of me. I get it. I mean, I could die of something this week, next week, or next year. I could have heart disease. I could have cancer. Who knows? My kidney could shut down, my kidneys. I mean, it is, you get to a point. I know that maybe I'll enjoy my 70s, but you know, for a lot of people, the 80s are a difficult time. You know, when you analyze the various deaths back in 2018 and 19, there's a pattern of seasonal increase in the total number of deaths resulting from death by all causes. And and the top three during certain times of the year are heart disease, respiratory disease, influenza and pneumonia and so i'm looking when you compare the period of 2020 to last year or the year before you notice that instead of the expected dramatic increases because of covid even in the the graph there's a decline in deaths observed for all the other causes do you understand what's going on here? I saw someone that made a little posting, uh, posting on Facebook, kind of someone I don't really know that well, but it was like, oh, I lost two friends to COVID in this past month. And you don't want to write the person and say, well, are you sure? Uh, how old were they? Or you know, you don't want to know. I, I've had some cases where I've found that out where someone said they lost somebody due to COVID. Then you, because I know them well enough, you do a little bit of research and. And, and declaring a COVID could be very questionable. Hate to say it, but it's true. Oftentimes, some of these numbers that are given, you know, patients who never test positive for COVID-19 somehow get COVID-19 as their cause of death on their certificates. Saw a lot of that happening, had a lot of that happening The Democrat governor of Colorado disputed official coronavirus death count saying even those at the Center for Disease Control were inflated. They were inflated including people who tested positive but died of many other causes even months later. There's a lot about this COVID-19 that keeps you in fear. The one thing we've learned from other countries The narrative that face masks and lockdowns are good for the to get rid of the virus has been proven to be nonsense. It's been proven to be fake. It's a fraud. It's control. This is the program Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman, and I didn't really plan to get into such a lecture today to start the program. I had a couple of other things that I really want to talk about. But these things need to be said. We're watching. We are watching our country, our, our continent, North America, the world, systematically being lied to and put in fear on a global scale like I've never seen before. And it has me deeply concerned, as it should be concerning to you. We'll be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. For this Friday and for this weekend, depending on where you're listening, I want to admit to you up front, I had to record this program a little bit farther in advance than I normally would do because my wife and I are actually having some family, spending some time with us here in the mountains, and, and I didn't want to take away from that time. We don't get a chance to see them that often, so... So we wanted to get this program recorded in advance. So if there's anything that's maybe a little bit dated, I don't think there is. I'm trying to be very careful with staying with topics that are on target, you know, for the next several weeks. We talk about this pandemic and and all the fear and all the lockdowns and, and all the misinformation and phony video that we saw at the beginning of the pandemic. You remember that? People collapsing in the street, hospitals just pressed to the limit. Remember the boat being sent, that you know, the mercy ship sent all the way up to New York Harbor. Massive boat that is a hot floating hospital, never used, never needed. The Jacob Javits Center set up in Manhattan to take care of hundreds, if not thousands, of people, never needed. This went on and on, and, and nobody ever addressed it. You know, when you look at the number of people that have died of this virus, supposedly, we have a lot of people that we've got to lock down everything. We've got to shut down everything. We can't go to the store. We need, we need some kind of a vaccine certificate to fly again. Where people are just going to waste away and die. We're told that so many have died worldwide. If you want to get a better handle on this, how many of these deaths are really? because of COVID. Little bits of information come out of the CDC and then they try to bury it like a cat buries its business. Because it goes against the fear narrative we need. We have to have a fear narrative alive. Otherwise you can't get the new world order. Unless everybody has to be in fear. Fear is the greatest motivator. Every tin horn, despot Despicable dictator that ever ruled in this world Use the same tools Fear Fear and more fear And more fear again Be afraid that someone's going to rat you out These governors who want people to snitch Because people getting together It's going to be a super spreader event You know, I had one person Write something on Facebook That really just hit me and, And I had to respond back they said if they were referring to what the supreme court said about all these lockdowns for churches being just so overboard compared to anything else you can riot burn loot scream in people's faces apparently that doesn't spread the virus the virus doesn't spread apparently in, in riots or burning or looting it just goes dormant must be that's what we're being we're being told to believe but man having thanksgiving dinner ooh. Oh, that's, you can't do that. Yet the same mayors and governors, they, they try to have their own. They don't care about you. I, I want to share some numbers here. And, and it really begins to put a perspective on everything that we're being told. All these lockdowns, what have they accomplished? Suicides, depression, kids that will never be normal again because of this for years, for many of them. Some may be damaged and scarred for a lifetime I'm serious and you can blame that on those that are so determined to change the world and they're using this they use this virus let's get into some numbers here like I said first the one that made that comment well don't tell me about your God if you won't wear a face mask because you want to kill people well okay, let's do a little bit of uh, so I reply back. I said, so then explain to me if a church is a super spreading place as we've been told to believe explain to me why a particular church in California in Los Angeles County Grace Community Church who decided back in July, not last week, July July, August, September, October, November, five months. They didn't adhere to 10 people or 20 or some whatever ridiculous number. People just came back to church. You're talking 7,000 people, 7,000, not 700, not 70, not 7, 7,000 people in that church. And you didn't hear much. Finally, there was this headline, I think it was about a month ago. COVID-19 outbreak at California megachurch. Boy, that was the headline in the L.A. Times, which is the L.A. Ridiculous Times. I mean, I don't get it. Once again, bankrupt media, they lie, they don't care. COVID-19 outbreak recorded at California megachurch. Man, you, if you just looked at the headline, you'd think that churches are super spreader events. They're going to kill people. They're all going to die. Well, read the story. you got to read and read and read until you finally get to the end of the story, which most people don't. And you find out. There were a total of three cases connected to the church, okay? A total of three cases connected to the church out of 7,000 people. Okay. How many died? Zero. How many have had cases and died in that church prior to this outbreak of three people? Zero. Yeah, I've got friends that go to that church, and I've asked. Okay, so you have zero deaths, you have zero cases, and then you have this outbreak of three. Oh, they're not members of the church. They're part-time security guards that help direct traffic. And in their tracing, they determine the three got their uh, COVID-19, apparently, if they actually have it elsewhere. Because um, after three weeks, none of the uh, three that tested positive ever had symptoms. That was your big COVID nineteen super spreader, killing grandma outbreak at Grace Community Church. So I pointed out that individual. Yeah, I'll tell you about my God. He apparently likes this church because seven thousand people have been worshiping for four months and no, going on five months, and and nobody's died or gotten sick. Yeah, I'll tell you. I will be delighted to tell you about the God that I serve. See, we hear these numbers. A whole election was attempted to be stolen based upon fraudulent use of mail-in ballots that would never have been allowed had it not been for this phony pandemic. Yes, I'm calling it phony, and I'm about to tell you why. I've had enough. Yeah, I may come down with this. I've had people in our family that have had this. Yeah, it's not pleasant, either is the flu or anything else. But we're given this false impression that we've got this Huge surge in people collapsing and dying. So, let us look at where we are in terms of people that have died. I'm going to do a little bit of math for you here, and I'm going to just give you the basic numbers real quick. I'm going to try to give you these numbers in in such a way that maybe it'll make sense. I'm looking at the number of people that died in the United States— since 2013 and 2013 2,596,000 or 97,000 died and then it was 2,600,000 and it goes up a little each year but then again there are more older people remember the baby boomers are retiring and, and aging out and this are, so there are more, more older people than we had 25 years ago in 2019, 2019, 2,855,000 people died. All right? And this year, up until about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the last number I have is 2,512,000 died. So we are looking at Eleven and a half uh, months in, we're at 2,512,000. Now, at at present, the United States might be experiencing a roughly 1% increase if you track the fact that every year toward uh, November, December, there's a slight uptick because of the flu. An increase in mortality rate, so those look like not great numbers, but wait a minute. In the year before, there was also a 1% increase. Was there a pandemic we missed in 2019? And and then back in 2018, there was a 1.2% increase over 2017. In other words, about every year going back to 2000 and 2013, there's been like a 1.1, 1.2 increase in mortality rate. Does that mean we've had nonstop pandemics for the last seven years? I don't think so. You go all the way back. You go all the way back, and uh, to two thousand nine, you have the same the same kind of things were going on. It isn't until you get before two thousand and eight that there's a slight decrease. But then again, we have more people, and you get a different numbering. So. When you look at the numbers, and I did this, so if you want to do just an average, you take that to the middle of November of this past month, that you were like at uh, 2,500,000 as of the middle of November, and you divide that by 11 and a half, and then multiply that by 12, that gets you to like 2.6 million. If anything, we might end up being slightly behind 2019's deaths or close to it. But we do know that there's a slight uptick this time of the year. So this idea that we have all these additional deaths in this year aren't there. We're calling 250,000 and all these politicians, well, because of this guy, we 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 killed two hundred and sixty thousand people that would be alive had it not been for. Wait a minute. Even the CDC came out and they and this story got buried so quick that at best they could determine ninety four percent of those that died allegedly of COVID had a bunch of other stuff going on like pneumonia the flu uh, heart disease cancer. Those are comorbilities, not risk factors. Co- these are life-threatening, life-taking conditions. And there's only about 6% they really can't quite account for. They're not sure. Follow the money when you look at these hospitals. Follow the money. It's something you need to do. I'm looking, I'm looking at these numbers and it just does not add up doesn't add up We have been put into fear we are putting these face diapers on children and sending them to school there's the thing called mask fatigue and I don't know why NBC ABC CBS CNN MSNBC won't touch this with a 10-foot pole but wearing a face covering for a lot of people is not healthy to do, especially for kids, especially very young kids. You know, you extrapolate these numbers and we could have it. Can you, how are you going to explain in the year of a pandemic that the death numbers might actually decrease? Wow. We're not only aging. In this country but that aging is also growing so the year-to-year population growth since 2000 has vacillated between 0.59 and 1.22 percent in the increase of population so that's exactly what the death numbers are tracking in terms of population it's not that there are more people dying there's just more of us coming to the end of our our lives, whether by accident, by disease, or by just old age—you know—I I just look at the numbers that are out there, and I and and I have to just shake my head. I, I just have to shake my head. Here's what comes to my mind. Something tells me that next year, somewhere along the way depending upon the reality of the politics in the world and in, in our nation. Are we gonna find out we're we gonna find out that this was not as bad as we kind of thought? I I know when I worked, one of the biggest concerns that the health director in the county which I worked, pretty good sized county, was going, I can't trust these numbers. I'm finding out these hospitals that have had to shut down their their there's surgery suites because of the COVID-19 virus, and, and all these surgeries are being shoved off, and they're laying off staff. They're running it at, at a very limited capacity compared to what they normally do. And they're losing money. And some hospitals literally were going bankrupt because they they couldn't make any income. They weren't being overwhelmed by hundreds of people coming in for the COVID 19 virus. They had a handful of people, many hospitals running at at lower capacity than normal. Let me give you an example. And by the way, let me give you an example of, of bankrupt media Script Howard Newspapers. If you, I don't know where you live, who owns your newspaper? Unfortunately, up in South Carolina, the anderson and greenville newspaper is owned by scripps howard and they also own one down where we live in florida i've met their reporters over the years i mean just pinheaded fools they they can't get a story accurate they are so political in what they do not to be trusted okay they they hear that over in the little little town of anderson south carolina They pick up word that the hospital is running at 96% capacity, and they have COVID patients. What will they do? Is it a crisis? So that's the story in the Anderson Independent newspaper in South Carolina. This is a couple of few months back. Wow, COVID-19, the the hospital is just overwhelmed. Oh, no, what's going to happen? Woe is us. Well, thankfully, believe it or not, sometimes some of the local TV stations where they have to live, work, play, and eat and be around everybody, they can be a little bit more honest. I knew a couple of reporters over there, very few left today, but there are some that are very honest, and this one was. So the reporter saw that story, and so, hey, I'm going to grab my camera crew, and we're going to go over to the hospital and talk to the administrator. And the administrator was more than delighted to sit down and talk with them for a few minutes. It was like four months ago. And so they said, we, we hear and we saw this story about 96% capacity. Are we in trouble here in Anderson? I said no. Uh, what we've done is we've, we've shut down two-thirds of the hospital. Just literally shut off floors and rooms, laid off more than half of the staff. We're running, we're only using less than 30% of our hospital. We're at 96% of the 30%. And normally on a non-COVID time, we'd be running at about 85 to 90% anyway. Now think about that for a moment. So if there was really an outbreak and we needed to have more beds for COVID and all this, yeah, we could spin up the other two-thirds of the closed-down hospital to make that happen. Do you see what's going on? These numbers have been inflated. Do I want to get the coronavirus? No. But are all these things we're doing really preventing it? I'm increasingly coming to the conclusion no and here's why. you remember back you remember back New York, good old Governor Andy, little Andy Cuomo who kept shoving people back into nursing homes and killed them. We don't hear about that, but that needs to be addressed. He was surprised and could not understand. And he's doing this in a press conference. He goes, now that we're looking at the numbers, he said, I I just don't understand this. The two-thirds, two-thirds of the cases were coming out of people that were locked down in their homes and not working wait a minute how does that happen if we're if we're locked away from the virus and it can't get to us he scratched his head and goes i don't get it two-thirds what are we going to do let me give you one more number to think about and this comes from that study that was from john hopkins university The one that they wanted to make disappear because it just destroys the narrative. This study said the trend in deaths is contrary to the pattern observed in all previous years. In fact, the total decrease in deaths by other causes. Now, listen to this carefully. The total decrease in deaths by other causes equals the increase in assumed deaths by COVID-19. Wait a minute. Everything else went down and only COVID went up and the numbers stayed the same. They conclude that the COVID-19 death toll in the United States is misleading. And that deaths from other diseases are being categorized now as COVID-19. That's what our medical examiner was worried about back in March. It's because instead of getting paid X number of dollars, there's more money in a COVID death for a hospital that's starving because they can't operate their operating rooms for the facelifts and knee surgeries and other things that can be put off. Funny, John Hopkins University decided they deleted the article because it was being used to support false and dangerous inaccuracies <laughs> about the pandemic. Wait a minute. The numbers speak for themselves. What they needed to really say is they deleted the article because it goes against it goes against the truth we're trying to to peddle to the people. I mean, there is there is a real article with real information. And it gets put up and somebody says, this doesn't fit the, the approved manifesto, the approved narrative that we're trying to make people believe. All I can say is, wow. I never thought I'd be spending all this time on the program talking these numbers. It just concerns me because I just don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to live in fear. I believe in a couple of things I want to share with you before we get off the program today number one if you are a church and you are living off Facebook and YouTube you better start thinking carefully about what your alternative is going to be in a year I see people that I know That'll put something up on Facebook, something up on YouTube or Twitter that gets taken down, and it's called phony news. They have some fact-checker, some third-party fact-checker, the propaganda machine is what it is, to decide. You know, Twitter somebody put up just about the filing that um, was done in Georgia by Sidney Powell, the attorney, Oh that was called dangerous news you can't look at that on Twitter so they banned it shut it down you couldn't make the link work churches were singled out in many of the blue states for harsher for harsher lockdowns and restrictions than a bar or a protest or a lot of other stuff it's amazing And if we really accomplished anything compared to Sweden, we accomplished nothing except spread the misery longer, which I think was a design from the beginning. So you need to look for the other alternatives because Facebook is not going to be your friend. Guy put up something very truthful, accurate from the Constitution on Facebook, got banned for a month because it doesn't fit the narrative. And so he's a troublemaker, has to be silenced. This radio program, the whole idea is just to bring you information and truth you can use in your life. A lot of people have been supporting it to keep it on shortwave financially, and I want to thank you. I don't make any money for doing the program. I don't need to. But the shortwave airtime is expensive, and it's more than I can personally handle. So any help you can give is appreciated. My ministry is called, my parent to this is called Ancient Word Radio. And if you want to help, you can write a check to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to me at 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley. Two words, Sky and Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. That address once again We are Ancient Word Radio. Maybe next week I'll tell you more about some of the other projects and online stations I'm trying to put together. Ancient Word Radio, and you can reach us at 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Didn't think I'd be talking about what I did, but just something hit me as I got before the microphone, and I just realized I needed to share Something that gives you some encouragement. And now, until we meet again, may God richly bless you, is my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth. In a darkening world.